Well, if you got your Bible this morning, let's go to Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah 52. We're going to read from verse 1. It says, wake up, wake up. <laughs> right there, just check if the person next to you is awake. They're alive and awake. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise up. From the dust, O Jerusalem, sit in the place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. What's Isaiah saying here? He says, wake up, you're favored. And Isaiah's prophesying to a group of people who are going to be taken captive. They're not captive at that time, but they're going to be taken captive. And he's warning them in this prophecy, but also he's encouraging them because there's going to come a time and a day where they'll come back to these words and they'll find strength from them, knowing that God has not forsaken them. How many know we can get easily get into a place where we think, where are you, God? Where are you? Have you forsaken me? You know, right now we're living in a place where we've got a whole lot of natural limitations around us. I'm glad that we went into level three. I know a whole lot of people have indulged in fast food. In fact, I don't know if you can call it fast food. Uh, maybe it's just food because in a lot of places it wasn't fast. The amount of time that people had to wait to get that McDonald's, that KFC was just crazy. But we're in limitations right now, and there's a lot of natural limitations around us. But one thing we need to understand is that God's not limited by natural limitations. In fact, wherever there's been limitations, and we can see this right throughout Scripture, is God has used those limitations to serve His purpose. I want to suggest to you today that God wants to use the environment we find ourselves in right now to serve and to propel the, His purpose forward. God is in this, and God wants to work for us in this season. And in this passage, what we find is we find some different instructions. And we're going to break down these instructions because I believe we can actually uh, appropriate, we can use these instructions today because I've found when it comes to the promise of God, if we want to take hold of the promise of God, we're going to embrace the processes of God. Right now we're in process. We're processing. We're, we're processed from level four to level three. I'm hoping we're going to process to level two and eventually to level one. Right now, we're in process of many different things. And the process is just there to prepare us so that we can inherit the promise. In fact, that the process is to position us and to prepare us. And here, Isaiah gives some instructions. And the first instruction today is wake up. That's right, wake up, be alert. And he, he doesn't just say this once, he says it twice. He says, wake up, wake up. You know, sometimes we need to hear that twice because after we hear it once, our alarm goes off, we hit the snooze button and we go back to bed. We go back to sleep. How many had one of those old school alarms? You know, those old school alarms where we eh, 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 and you hit the snooze button and then you have nine minutes. Today, a lot of people use iPhones as the alarm. They use their phones as the alarms. It's not my minute, nine minutes, it's seven minutes in a lot of places. We've been robbed of two minutes. But a lot of people hit the snooze button and, and they go back to sleep. This is not a time for you and I to be asleep. 
We need to be awake to what God is doing. And here's a call for people to, who have been spiritually asleep to, to wake up. And I, and I love you know, what Isaiah is referencing. He's, he's referencing, he's saying, you're not going to ever see the presence of God in your life unless you are alert and unless you're awake. And, and you've got to see that. He's saying, God is working all around you, but you'll miss it if you're not awake. And the first thing that we need to do to be awake is we need to open our eyes. Because I believe in the season, God wants to show us His beauty. But if you don't open your eyes, you'll never see it. And it'll be as if it never existed unless you're awake. And here He says, awake, awake, O Zion. I really believe God right now is looking for a group of people who are awake, who are alert, who are ready, who say, I'm here, my heart is open, my mind is attentive and receptive to all that God wants to do. Now, a lot of us haven't traveled for a while, but for those who have traveled and who have crossed time zones, often, you know, you have to navigate jet lag. Uh, and, and crossing the time zone can be a challenge. You know, it can be morning and you're supposed to be awake, but your body is saying something different. In fact, when you experience jet lag, sometimes you're in a conversation, but it's almost like you have an out-of-body experience. You're listening, but you're not really listening. Or you can be watching a TV program and, and your body just wants to go to sleep. How many have ever had the nods before? The nods, it's like you're nodding off and then you catch yourself and you wake up and you give yourself a fright. Uh, that's not a nice experience to be in. But there's a whole lot of people with what's going on right now that they're lagged. You know, they're a little bit groggy. This is a time not to be groggy. Come on, let's not carry groggy attitudes. Let's wipe our eyes because God is wanting to do something. God is wanting to reveal something to each and every one of our lives. But if we are asleep, we will miss it. Some of us have slept through some stuff. In fact, sleeping through, you know, that's a good sign for a parent of a newborn baby. When, when, when the baby sleeps through, it's like, major victory right there. They, they slept through. We've got a, a young puppy in our household. I want to say it's not my dog, it's my girl's dog. But the puppy, good news, is, is sleeping through. Now, now that's good news, but some of us are sleeping through good stuff. You know, sleeping through, it's like we're missing the good stuff because we're asleep and God wants to wake us up. Sometimes we want to act Almost like God didn't show up in our world. But I wonder, like Isaiah says here, is like God, God's there, He came, but we missed it because we didn't perceive Him. We were asleep. It was like He came, He, he wanted to bless you, He blessed you, but you missed it. He was directing you, but you missed it. How many days do we live in the spiritual haze and we're missing the presence of God and what God wants to do. I want to say, God will never leave us nor forsake us. I, I love those words because He will never leave us. He's always there, but He will never forsake us. So God isn't just present in what we're going through right now. He will never forsake us in that moment. See, somebody can physically leave you and, and, and they're out of your world, but somebody can be present but still forsake you. 
To be forsaken doesn't mean just to remove somebody's physical presence. It means to emotionally abandon someone. And the promise of God is, is God won't just be present physically, but He'll never emotionally abandon you. See, in many marriages today, people can be together in the same home, but they can be emotionally distant. But I want to say today that God's emotionally invested into your life. He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. But for us to realize that, we've got to wake up. How many times do I slumber? And God's saying, like, I want to bless you. I want to help you. I want to strengthen you. I want to bring answers to your life, but you're asleep and you missed it. And you missed it because you're asleep. Come on, it's time to wipe the sleepy dirt from our eyes. It's time to be alert. It's time to wake up. If you're sitting next to somebody right now, say, wake up. See, some of us right now, what we need is we need some spiritual smelling salt. So, yeah, I'm awake. We need that jolt. We need to wake up. What do we need to wake up? We need to wake up our praise. We need to awaken the dawn. We need to wake our soul to everything that God wants to do in the season. Now, sometimes when you read a scripture like this, you can take a few verses and you can read them out of context and not fully understand the meaning of what's going on here. Now, now the book of Isaiah is a prophetic book and it's written in a poetic way, a conversational way. And, and what would happen is the people of God would bring a complaint to God and, and then God would answer that complaint through a prophecy that Isaiah would bring. And so for us to really understand this verse, we've got to back up into the the previous chapter, into Isaiah chapter 51. And if we back up into the previous chapter, into Isaiah 51 verse 9, we'll see that, that, that the people of God are saying, wake up, wake up, O Lord. Notice who it's directed to? It's directed to God. Wake up, God. Wake up, wake up, O God. Clothe yourself with strength. Flex your mighty right arm. He's got a big right arm, by the way. Rouse yourself as the days of old when you slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Now, now, now that's Isaiah 51. I want you to compare that to Isaiah 52, where it says, listen to this, wake up, wake up, O Zion, clothe yourself with street and put on beautiful clothes. Uh, here we have God's telling, telling uh, here we have God's children telling God to, to wake up to get dressed and to do stuff. Right now, there's a lot of people in the world going, God, what are you doing? Wake up. Where are you? What are you doing? Wake up. Get dressed. Do something. Flex that mighty right arm because our enemies upon us. But in the next chapter, God's response is, no, why don't you wake up? Why don't you get dressed? Your enemies are upon you. So the question we need to ask right there is, who's asleep? Come on, this is coming from a God who never sleeps, never slumbers, never is on holiday, never needs to take a sick day. He doesn't have any annual leave and he never leaves early. And what God is saying is God is saying, I'm here. I'm just waiting for somebody to wake up. I'm trying to get something to you. I'm trying to teach you, but you're not engaged. And you need to wake up and you need to be alert to what God's doing. See, see, what would happen if we just all increased our sensitivity to God's presence? Uh, when you go through an airport, uh, you go through those scanners and, 
and different scanners have different sensitivity. I found that on domestic travel, it's not as sensitive as international travel. Sometimes some scanners, it's like you've got to empty your whole bag because of the sensitivity of the scanner. Right now, we live in a sensitive world. They're sensitive to what's going around them. But I wonder if God's saying right now, hey, I don't want you to be so sensitive to what's going around you as much as be sensitive to my presence. I'm here. I'm with you. See, see, a lot of us right now, we're sensitive to all the alert levels and what's going on, that we're easily hurt, we're easily offended. We can get negative. We can get down. But God doesn't want us to be sensitive to that. In fact, we've got to decrease our sensitivity to that stuff because that can discourage us. We need to decrease and we need to increase our sensitivity to His presence. And that's where the wake-up call comes. You know, see, we've got to see in Scripture, it says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I want to say, morning t- doesn't happen when there's just an a.m. in front of the clock. No, morning happens when you wake up in your spirit to what God's doing. You wake up to God's goodness. See, the, the moment you decide to wake up and look, I bet you'll, you, you'll see God in the middle of your circumstance. You'll see God in the middle of your difficulty. Oh, open your eyes right now. Maybe you need to just shake the person next to you and say, wake up. God is good and God is doing things. God is moving in the season. See, see there was one time the disciples were mad at God. We, we find it in Mark chapter 4. They were mad because they were going through a storm. And Jesus wasn't responding how they thought he should. And just like the Israelites in Isaiah chapter 51, they were waiting on God to do something. It was like, wake up God, wake up God. In fact, we pick it up in Mark chapter 4 verse 37. It says, but soon a fair storm came. The high waves were breaking into the boat. That's not good news. But it beca- and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. So, so Jesus was out. He was snoozing and he was snoozing through a storm. Have you ever felt like that? It's like, where are you, Jesus? Jesus, you must be asleep. You know, sometimes it can feel like he's out of view. He's out of commission. He's been overworked by everybody else. It's almost like when it comes to your time where you've got a need, it's like he's been too busy with everyone else. He doesn't have time for you. But let's look at what the disciples did. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Here's the thing. The disciples were wanting Jesus to wake up to what was going on. But Jesus saying, no, 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 no. You need to wake up to who I am. I want to move on to my next point, but there's still a few people who are a little bit sleepy. You slept through this. You need to wake up right now to all the spiritual blessings that God's given you in your life. You need to wake up to who He is. We spend so much time alerting God to our problems. God, I have a problem over here. 
I have this bill. I have this unresolved issue. I have these things going on in my family. But we need to right now alert God, alert our problems to who God is. See, sometimes we miss God and we don't realize that He's standing in the middle of our problem trying to alert us to His presence because He's our ever-present help in our time of trouble. And God's saying, I'm here. I'm right here. You don't need to freak out. This boat's not going to go down. You, you may be taking on water, but I am here. And as long as I'm here, you know, I'm going to work this thing through. See, instead of starting your day trying to alert God to your problem, why don't you start your day by waking up and alerting your spirit to His presence? Wake up. Wake up, O Zion. Wake up. Come on, wake up on the inside. Instead of spending all your energy trying to get God to act, we, I really believe we need to, in this season, alert our spirit to what God is already doing. He's already acting on our behalf. In fact, in Proverbs 10, I love this proverb where it says, A wise youth harvests in summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Right now, there's a whole lot of need around us. There's a whole lot of people looking for answers. And the danger is those that know God are asleep because they're trying to get God to come into their situation rather than being an answer to somebody else. This is the greatest season, I believe, for the church. And we need to wake up our spirit to what God is doing because He's wanting to meet those needs in your neighbor's life. He's wanting to meet those needs in your community. And we need to wake up. Somebody say in the chat, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Every day we need to wake up because why? There is a harvest around us, a harvest of encouragement, a harvest of joy. Don't sleep through it. It will be to your shame. See, we need two alarm clocks in the morning, one to physically wake us up when our feet hit the floor, but we need a second alarm that says, hey, no, I'm going to wake up my spirit because I'm going to praise God today. I'm going to wake up and praise Him. Let's not be caught by the good old days before the pandemic. Did you notice in Isaiah chapter 51, he said, they said, rouse yourself as in the days of old when you slew Egypt. In other words, the people were dreaming of the God back, back there who did stuff in the past. Do you know, you can miss God in the present because you're dreaming of how it used to be in the past. But I want to say God is present now. And God is saying to His people, if you'll stop thinking and dreaming about what I used to do and, and, and what you used to have and how things used to be, you know, I'll work in a miracle in your behalf right here and right now. But you need to wake up your soul to the present and what God's doing. So the first instruction is wake up. But what's the second instruction found in Isaiah 52 is wake up and put on your clothes. Put on your clothes. I like how Isaiah puts it. It's saying, come on, you need to get ready. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on beautiful clothes. What's he saying? You need to wake up and you need to get dressed. Now, that's been a challenge for some people during this pandemic. Some of us have just got the top half you know, all clothed for those Zooms. But he's saying, no, wake up and get fully dressed. You need to pick out your clothes for the day. 
how you decide to how how do you decide what to wear on any given day? I challenge you to say there's a difference between a lot of people. Some people, you know, anticipate what's going to go on the day. It's like, is this functional? And am I going to wear the right shoes? You know, is this going to cause me to sweat? Some of us, when it comes to what we wear during the day, is just like, is it clean? If it's clean, okay, it's good. Spiritually speaking, I want to say what we need to do is we need to get in the season is we need to get dressed on purpose. Before we go into the world, we need to decide what we're going to put on. Otherwise, we're in danger of getting hurt. And what do we need to clothe ourselves with? We need to clothe ourselves with strength, with strength. You have to make a decision to put on beautiful garments. Yeah, you have to make, otherwise you're just going to stay in your tracksuit. You know, so I picture this, you know, after I wake up in the morning, you know, I, I alert myself to God's presence, but then what do I need to do? I need to get dressed before I go out and I need to pick the right things to put on. Because notice it says put on beautiful clothes. Now what that implies is that some of our clothes aren't that beautiful. That, that means that there's some clothes in your closet that you need to get rid of. This may be a word for some people. I feel like some spouses are nudging their spouse right now. It's, it's like, you can't wear that. And that's the same spiritually. It's like, that no longer looks good on you. Yeah, and if you had a real friend, they'll tell you. How many know they'll tell you when it doesn't look good? A real friend will say, that's not your best look. A real friend will tell you, yeah, I'm sure at some time that looked good, but you're a little bit too big for that now. You know, I, I, I need to let you know, uh, that's a little bit tight. Come on, a, a real friend will tell you when it's not your best look. And, and you know, you have somebody who's even closer than, than a real life friend, who's a real friend, and that's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will look at your complaining attitude and he'll, he'll put a witness within you and say, that's not your best look. That doesn't fit you. You need to get rid of that. You need to put on something different. Some of you go, well, I don't have an option. But when God's given you robes of righteousness and when He's given us the garment of praise, how many know we've always got another option? Come on, some of us right now, we need to get rid of that stink attitude. We've been wearing it for too long. We need to get rid of bitterness and unforgiveness, envy. We need to get rid of judge, a judgmental, cynical attitude. See, the Spirit of God loves us enough to tell us when we've outgrown something. Some of us right now, we're hoarding stuff. You know, anyone in your family who's a good hoarder, you know, the premise of hoarding is you, you hold on to something because you think, man, I, I might need that someday. I just might need that someday. You know, I don't want to throw out those jeans. I know I've lost the weight, but I just want to hold on to it just in case I put it back on and I might need that someday. I'll keep that T-shirt just in case. I know it's past its prime, but I'm just going to keep it just in case. And sometimes, you know, we have people in our world who clean out our closets, put stuff in bags, and we put it in the garage, and, and we're meant to take it to a clothing bin, but some of us, you know, we go into the closet, where is that? And we find that bag, and we pull out stuff that was meant to be thrown away. I want to say, some of us in this pandemic have gone back to stuff that we got rid of. Stuff that we got rid of and we're trying to wear that again. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit saying, didn't we get rid of that? Yeah, why, why are you going back and grabbing that? 
That, that bag was supposed to go in the bin. Yeah, and he's saying, I thought when you gave your life to me, we got rid of some of those words. You know, how are those words coming out of your mouth again? That, that's not your best look. Didn't we get rid of that anger? Come on, didn't we get rid of that cynical attitude? Why are you wearing that again? I, I've got new clothes for you. I've got tailor-made clothes, made, uh, clothes that are made to measure. I've got something for you here and now. Why would you wear that? When I've given you my son, it's almost like in the New Testament, Paul says this. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to put on Christ. That's right. Put on Christ. Yeah, you need to wake up in the morning and you need to get dressed on purpose and you need to say, I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to tell my mindset what it can wear today. And I'm going to set my mind, set my mind on things above. I'm going to tell my tongue what it can say today. I'm not just going to shoot off my mouth. There's some stuff that I'm not allowed to wear anymore because why? It doesn't look good on me. Come on, I'm too big for gossip. I'm too big for cynicism. I'm too big to wear worry. I'm, what am I wearing? I'm wearing Him. I've put on Christ. I'm clothed in Him. I'm covered in Him. And the best way to get dressed is, is to get dressed on purpose. And that means you need to lay out your clothes the night before. Think about it. You lay them out and you make sure they're clean. Don't just go for whatever is available. Make a plan to praise God. Sometimes it can be comfortable to complain. Yeah, it's comfortable because you can feel sorry for yourself. You know, some people say, oh, well, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. No, you're being negative. And you need to address it. And you need to get rid, just like you get rid of some of those genes. You know, hey, you don't look good in that. And you need to, as Paul would say, you need to walk worthy of your calling. In essence, what he's saying is he's saying, make sure the team uniform looks good on you. Don't make it look cheap. Don't dress it down. Hey, anger doesn't go with that. That's the wrong color. What are you wearing? Or even the more correct way of saying it is, who are you wearing? When it comes to the designers and the red carpet and that, they'll often ask the questions, oh, who are you wearing? You need to say, what I'm wearing today is I'm wearing Christ. I'm wearing the garment of praise. I'm wearing the, wearing the robe of righteousness. I'm not, I haven't got no hand-me-down attitude from some relative. No, no, I haven't. I, I refuse to get dressed you know, just by accident. I'm going to get dressed on purpose. And that's why Paul said, and just to finish with, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. He says, Put on all of God's armor, not just the top half. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies, all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Uh, here's the thing. This isn't just a fashion statement. This is a matter of life and death. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth, the, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, for your kicks, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared 
in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Some of us have got new physical shoes. We need to put on our spiritual shoes. The gospel of peace. You know, right now, I believe God is wanting people to get ready to outwork their mission, outwork their call, outwork their destiny. But to get ready, you need to be dressed. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the shoes of the good news of peace. Put on the helmet of salvation. And what we need to be ready is we need to be ready in and out of season. Come on, I want to say to you today, are you awake? Yeah, somebody's like, I'm awake. No, but are you spiritually awake? If you're not, wake up, wake up and get dressed. Don't just put on any old clothes, put on beautiful clothes because God wants to prepare you for His promise. And I want to say, He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He's right with you right now. So right now, for everybody listening to this message, come on, this is not a time to be spiritually asleep. This is a time to rise up and be all that God's called us to be. Right now, you may feel weak, but I want to say His grace is available. And in your weakness, His strength is made perfect. You may feel limited, but right now, let's take the limitations of our life and let's get them to serve God's purpose because God's working even when we don't see it. And I want to encourage you in that today. Right now, you may be listening to this and you may not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to say you're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You are His workmanship and you've been recreated in Christ to do good works. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. But the only way that you can know that plan and purpose is by giving your life to Jesus. See, many people try and figure out things by themselves. They do life by themselves. But God has designed us to know Him and we can hold on to our life. Jesus said this, if we hold on to our life, we'll end up losing our life. But if we lose our life, if we give it over to Jesus and we trust Him, as then and there we'll find life. We'll find life, what life is all about. Many people right now are living according to their circumstance. But for those who know Jesus, you know, they can know His peace and His promise being outworked no matter what's going around them. So today, I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never put your trust in Him, the Bible says if you just believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. And to be saved means I'm going to trust Jesus with my whole life. It means I'm going to trust that I'm forgiven, that my past mistakes are not held against me. Because Jesus died on the cross. He took your, yours in my place and He did it so that we might be reconciled to God. Friend, if you don't have that confidence, if you don't know the saving work of Jesus in your life, you can pray a prayer today that gets you right with God. A simple prayer that goes, Jesus, today I put my trust in You. Today I surrender my life. I give it to You. Come live in me. I ask for your forgiveness for my sin. I recognize and acknowledge what you did on the cross for me. And today I declare you are my Lord and Savior. 
Right now, if you've been feeling like you're under something and you haven't been as spiritually awake as you could be, maybe you've been in the middle of this, going through all this stuff a little bit groggy. I really believe God wants to lift some of those things that have come on top of people. Maybe you've been wearing wrong stuff, wrong garments, and you need to make a decision to get rid of those garments today. I want to say, if, as you make those decisions to get rid of them and to intentionally put on garments of praise, robes of righteousness, I believe God's going to come and work a miracle in your life. And I just want to pray for you quickly right now. Jesus, I thank you. Lord, you're moving, you're working. Lord, every, each and every day we're awake and alive. Lord, you're, you're wanting to show yourself off and show yourself strong. I pray, Lord, that people would know a strength that, only comes, that can only come from you. And today that they'll live in everything that you've called them to. Lord, let this be a time where we don't outwork our plan. Lord, we don't just follow the plans of man, but we are in step. Let us be in step with everything, Lord, that you've purposed and everything that you're wanting to release. Lord, I pray for your blessing and your favor upon every person. Lord, even though we're living in a place of limitation, I thank you, God, that you're not limited and you want to work a miracle in our life, in our lives. And we pray this in your name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen.